Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm Jen Taylor, your host. I am mom of 18, and you can find me on momsrunningit.com. Remember, give a shout out to those who are brave enough to share their stories with us on how they have become parents. Let's dive right in. Whoa, we're getting a double feedback loop thing happening here, which happens. Hello and welcome to Becoming Parents. I'm so excited because I have Laura Staley on and Laura, you have been on my podcast two other times prior in like the past five years. So I am really excited to share a completely different aspect of your story. Welcome. So all the links, to, we're going to talk about your business at the end, but all the links are there, including the links to your two previous episodes. And we're going to jump in and talk about your story as far as becoming a parent, which is really interesting. So I actually just start jumping in. Excellent. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, okay. I'll take it all the way back. I always, yeah. wanted, I, I always wanted to be a mom. I just, I loved playing oh, house as, as a little girl, you know, just like the whole doll babies, the whole nine yards. Fast forward to college. I'm in a sociology of women class. And it's all about that question on the table is, you know, career, family. And even then I knew, I just, I, I knew I wanted to be a full-time parent and it was a very unpopular <laughs> choice and and in the small group discussion that you know the professor divided us into these groups and i just i just knew even at that juncture i was like no i just i really want to be it's like a soul expression for me and of course you know the selling out and you're selling out on whatever feminism was at that juncture and i know it's changed even now um, what that term means and all the different um, opinions about it. But I just knew in my heart and soul that I really wanted to be um, a parent. And, and I knew that I had a lot of work to do to parent in a really healthy and conscious way. Well, I was, I, I was blessed uh, to meet a man who was, who was cool with me being a full-time parent. He'd be the income earner. And I had uh, two really beautiful kids. I had my daughter in a, a hospital birth. I loved being pregnant. I loved being pregnant both times. Um, it, it just, it was the joy of, of my life. And, and, and I would also say it was the best thing that I ever did with my life. And then I consciously chose a home birth for my son because um, in part, because of many, many glitches that happened, I went in with a birth plan, heard from a nurse that the nurses sit around and, at that hospital and read mother's birth plans and laugh, right? And I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> non-supportive environment. And, and there were things, I mean, it was a beautiful birth. I, I have a healthy daughter, um, but there were things about it. There was a lot, you know, there was the nurse that would come in and because I wanted to, you know, breastfeed and, and share, share the bed and, you know, kind of that bonding with, with my daughter. And there was the nurse that would come in and yell at me. And then there was the nurse that would come in and be so supportive. Like it was, it was like that kind of, that Isn't kind of that crazy. crazy. Oh my God. Isn't it was that... so crazy. It was so crazy. So yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't an optimal experience. So I learned about that there were midwives in the area kind of connected with the Leche League. 
Um, I didn't become a member of La Leche League, just kind of, but, but I was in that community of, of, of supportive women and mothers and, and, uh, and I really opened myself and I had such a healthy pregnancy with my daughter and I was not at risk. And so the second time around, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm going this path. And I will tell you, Jen, it was so incredibly empowering. I did all the research. I had my backup plan. Um, I, I did, I did all the steps and, and ended up having just a, a really beautiful, uh, home birth with, with my son. My daughter got to be involved <laughs> as her dad said, she cooed as, as Matthew was coming into the world. Um, he was holding our daughter in his arms, you know, and I had my support person because she got woken up by my <laughs> by my, my loud noises, but we had prepared her. We had been reading to her all along. She had been included in the appointments um, with the midwives. Uh, to, it was, it was kind of like a family thing. And the other yeah. model was I was an individual in a system where they just, they just put different people in. So the OB that I had been working with, this is back to the hospital birth with my daughter. He, he, he was on vacation when I gave her, uh -huh. right? And so this complete, they, they literally had to drag some doctor who was an unknown, you know, the nurses, cause she, they were like, wow, 30 minutes, this, you know, this baby, this baby's coming into the world. And, um, and they had, you know, the, the hospital requirements are the, the a doctor, um, you know, an MD has to be in the room to deliver, you know, like deliver the baby or catch the baby or, you know, that whole thing. And right. so that individual is complete stranger. And then, and then the next day, this lovely woman came in and she was talking to me and I was like, who are you? I mean, I literally didn't know. Well, she was with the practice and she wasn't particularly kind um, at all, you know, oh. and I'm kind of, kind of in the euphoria and the overwhelm of this brand new baby being a brand new mom. And it was so impersonal. And yet, you know, the other, the flip side, the contrast was, it was a, a it was a family event and I felt completely supported the, the, the midwife, the midwives who were, who, who began working with me during my pregnancy were the same people that showed up in, in our, our home, as well as my support person, who was a very close friend who has since uh, passed a few years ago, unfortunately from cancer, but she was there to support my daughter. And, you know, if she woke up or got scared, she was reading to her. And then she, she like asked to come downstairs. So she, she brought her downstairs and then she got to be with her dad. Um, it was an amazing experience. It was just a beautiful experience, Jen. And I, and I have, it's so crazy because like my hospital birth was actually super positive and I transferred from a birth center to the hospital. And the only reason I had the same OB that I met, like I showed up and they had me and the OB that was there on staff, I happened to deliver before he got off his shift. And that was the only reason. But the influx of nurses, like everybody else, and the differences in personalities and expectations. I mean, like, when you're a woman giving birth, you should be focusing on giving birth. And all of that is, is so hard. And you, you feel more like, I mean, in my opinion, so let me know if you feel the same way, you feel like a number and you're just like part of this conveyor belt, right. Of giving birth. Like you're at this point and this point and this person's further ahead. And, 
it, and mine was a really great hospital experience and yours wasn't an awful hospital experience, but for a lot of women, once you get past the fear of birth and like, what is this going to be like? And it's scary. Once you do it, you're like, I got this. I'm good. <laughs> like, let's cut out all these other people. And man, it is amazing that the same people that you see during your pregnancy are the same people at the delivery. And although I had a male and I have had no issue with him, even a woman who hasn't been, who hasn't given birth, there was an apprentice who hadn't given birth, who like w came with the midwives and she was apprenticing and she said something to me and I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea. Like, you need to shut your mouth. You can't <laughs> tell me like, I know this is hard. We're just going to move through it. No, you don't know this is hard. And so there's not that I want to discourage women who haven't had a baby to be midwives. You can be really, really good midwives. There's a difference, I think, in how you have to phrase things because you haven't actually been in that seat. Does that, if that makes sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. Tell yeah. me about your daughter too. She struggled to latch on, didn't gain weight, and it was really scary. Yeah. And you were committed to breastfeeding. And tell me what yeah. year this was, because breastfeeding, oh, like, oh, yeah. right, knowledge has changed. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, so 1995. Okay. And she struggled. Well, they kept they kept taking her away from me in the hospital. So what? what a lactation uh, specialist suspects is, you know, sugar water or, or, or whatever, right? But, but she was, you know, sleepy and not, you know, and yet I was so committed. So I got connected, thank goodness, with um, a, a very gifted lactation specialist who worked with me and my daughter. And then I did the whole sup supplement. I got the finger feeder, which was really great. So I was pumping. I was pumping my breast, but of course that there's that, that point of, you know, where it just level levels out and I, and I, I needed to, to supplement and it was, it was really emotional. It was very scary. It was really hard, but I was fierce. <laughs> I, I was fierce in my stand for her, my stand for myself. Um, she, she was thriving. She just needed to gain weight. And, um, and so that's, that's what I took on with the, you know, supplementing with uh, soy milk and, you know, and I really made peace like, oh my gosh, you know, cause, cause that whole divide, you know, breastfeed and bottle feed, uh, you know, like, I'm like, you know, how you nurture and nourish your child is, you know, whatever pathway it is, is it working for you? Is it supportive of the baby? Is it supportive of of you and just so much rich information um, about breastfeeding and all the benefits, the benefits to my maternal health as a mother, the benefits to my, to my baby. And I'm a researcher. <laughs> I mean, I earned a PhD, you know, so I like, I researched these things. I, I understood the, the, the deep and lasting benefits of, of breastfeeding a child and um, but yeah, so I did end up supplementing her and, you know, she, she did great. She gained the weight. Uh, we turned, we turned things around. Um, but it was a very intense time at, at that beginning. And I'm, and I'm super grateful for the community of people that I was with and the support that I got from, from an incredibly gifted, uh, lactation, uh, specialist. Yeah. I think that, uh, 
you know, because we don't know what to expect. First of all, I mean, and I've, I felt this way. I'm sure you felt this way. No matter how you do it, someone's going to be a critic. Oh. It doesn't, and especially other women who should be the ones like backing each other up. Right. If, if you decide to bottle feed because oh. breastfeeding is not something you want to do. And I breast my fed, fed my kids for two plus years. Like, why are we at odds with each other about that? We still love our kids and want the best in our work. And it's, it's crazy how this is an environment where, you know, Uh, we're going, women go through things that only women go through. And instead of banding together, we fight each other or we judge each other. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame. And I'm so glad, like when you make a decision to parent a certain way, co-sleeping, not co-sleeping, letting them cry out, like, you know, my daughter's going through this. And I said, you know, t- talk with your husband and feel real confident about how you want to do things, knowing that you can change your mind. Like you can decide you want to do something that ends up not working well, but really, really do your own research and decide how you want to do things because no matter what, someone's going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> it's, it it's doesn't so it's matter. So oh God. I remember, you know, reading the parenting books that were like this. And oh, I'm, like, Man, I'm messing no. all up. But, but I also knew, Jen, that I really wanted to break the cycle because the way, clearly the way I had been parented was like a no-go, right? So I wanted Correct. to- Correct. Like, like I was, for me, I was in that place of the long-term. I'm going the long-term. So I'm putting in the bank, if you will, you know, interactions and the kind of love and support and choices, you know, safe boundaries, all that kind of stuff, because I wanted healthy adult relationships with both of my children when they were adults, right? And and to enjoy who they were, you know, right. and have it be a free choice to, you know, create an adult to an adult relationship. And I have to say, wow, you know, I, I made lots of mistakes, but I just saw my son who went through a bumpy period um, he, he's 23 now. I just saw him last week and he is flourishing. And he actually thanked me for some of the things that I, some of the ways that I parented him because he said, mom, that, that's part of why I'm a really great salesman. You, you gave me choices and it empowered him. And, and so when he's working with a customer or a client, he's like, choices are the bomb, <laughs> right? As opposed to put shoving a person into the corner and saying, you know, you must have this and they right. may not want this, you know, and really, and also listening, you know, I got, I got better at better. And I even gave my kids permission to pattern interrupt me. So if any time they felt like I was listening to the thoughts in my head and so to them, <laughs> I, I told them, tell me. And sure enough, you know, my daughter, I don't know, eight, seven, eight years old, she's in the back seat talking away and then she finally (laughs) and I'm driving and she finally goes mom and she said it really sweetly mom are you are you listening to the thoughts in your head are you listening to me (laughs) boy I heard that (laughs) and I was like you know I wasn't totally listening to you I'm so sorry you're right I was listening to the thoughts in my head and please tell me what it is that you're wanting to share from your heart with me because I really want to hear what what's happening in in your world (laughs) and um yeah so there was a lot of there was a lot of good learning um i think even at the school for young children where both of my children went to preschool it was all about emotional 
emotional and social health and well-being and choices and choices and choices. And I, I kept saying to the teachers, you are teaching human skills here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the stuff that's coming out now about emotional intelligence and ways to communicate, I'm like, oh my gosh, because, you know, the school was all about, you know, you can be angry, but you can't bite somebody or hit somebody, you know, and as soon as it, you know, it was like, stop. Um, and then get up underneath the knees because when people, when children especially behave, behave, you know, what we would say badly, they're calling for love. They're just wanting to be loved. There's an under not underlying need. There's a frustration that's not getting met. Their words aren't being understood. The desire to, you know, interact with a toy for as long as they want isn't happening, you know? And I so remember this whole taking turns thing, just to use that as an example, the teachers would be, okay, you're an adult and you're sitting reading a book and you're so engrossed in the book and somebody comes along and yanks it out of your hands and says, you're done with your turn. The book goes to Sammy now. And I was like, ah, oh. so one of the ideas they had was allow the child to interact, make a list and make a list of who's next on the, wait on the waiting list, right? Because it, it was teaching the children emotional control, like, like delayed gratification, but then redirecting to all the other choices that they had. So if they wanted to be on the swing, that's great. Here, here's, here's the list of kids, but Johnny's gonna swing as long as he wants to swing. And, and I know these are like maybe outlandish ideas to some people, but when you really think about it, if you have the full opportunity just to land in the experience of being on a swing without it being interrupted, just to use that as an example, wow you get that need filled, right? And then you jump off the swing and the next child can come on. And by that point, maybe they're interested and maybe they're not because they've got it all involved in some other activity in a whole other area, right? So to know that you have choices and you don't have to stay attached to this one <laughs> is, is so freeing. And then for the child who's engrossed in that in that, with that object, you know, they can, they can deepen their experience of it and then let it go when they're ready. Just like as an adult, how good it feels to set down the book when I've come to the end or to the end of a chapter, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a, it, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they were just, I love that. I love that you jumped into parenting. I think that that's oh, really yeah. important. Also, <laughs> I, I was about this conversation, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. Now the set, your second child was a boy yeah. and you, you said, you said something interesting in the show notes that you intuitively knew the gender, man, I didn't, I didn't find out ahead of time and I did not know the gender, I didn't even, like, I thought it was a boy the last, like every single one of them. And I had, I gave birth to four girls. So uh, like I had no idea, but your second, let's talk a little bit about like going from a hospital to a home birth. Yeah. And that was great. You already talked about the midwife. It's the same people that are on, but like the whole time. No, um, no, I think it's important to discuss the backup plan, the EMTs, because I had home births also. And it's not like a wing it, the midwives are going to come over and it's going to be all fun. Like I definitely had a backup plan. Um, I had a, so I'm guessing you did too. Cause you mentioned uh, it. I had a, oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. it, was, 
it was kind of required. <laughs> um, yeah, my yeah, midwives so required it. It was great. Um, I I called I called and had conversations with the EMT and had and then put you know had a document that had all the places the hospital that yep. I wanted to be transferred to, you know the doctor that I wanted to be you know called to, to that hospital. He agreed to be that person on call. Um, okay. Birth. Um, and I found out all about all the equipment that's in the ambulance. I mean, it was fascinating. Honestly. Yeah, it was so cool. And again, I felt so empowered instead of kind of being la 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 la. I don't know. I don't know. No, I knew. I knew. I knew. I knew what to if it had to go that path. I knew what to expect, and I knew I had choice. And again, so much of the experience was continuity of care and agency. I felt empowered as a woman having yeah. birth. Like I wasn't just like la-di-da, whatever, whatever, whatever one other people want to do is okay with me. It was like, no, I have choice. I'm, I'm having a beautifully healthy pregnancy and I've done my research. I'm intelligent. Um, you know, I, and, and then it allowed me to know what to expect. And having had my daughter already, I knew my body, right? <laughs> I, knew, I knew I could do it. I knew I was super healthy. I'm, I knew I was powerful and, and strong and, um, and I was taking really good care of myself. I also did the research to know that the real difference is prenatal care in, in birth outcome, right? Because if you're, if you're eating really nutritious food, you're taking your prenatal yeah. vitamins and hydrating and exercising, working to, to keep yourself <laughs> as, as stress-free as possible. <laughs> I mean, I know that's kind of like impossible, but you know, to put yourself in, in situations where you're, you're, you're relaxed and nourished and um, you know, nourished heart, soul, mind, and body, you know, as you're, as you're traveling through that pregnancy and that you're making really good choices about what's going into your body and the people that you're surrounded with. And, and, and again, that's this sense of empowerment. Like I can choose who I hang out with. And if there are people that are squirrely, that really, really are difficult and stress me out, man, I, you know, shorten the time is what, is what I did, you know, really right. shorten the time with those difficult people or alternatively just go, yeah, I think this is a relationship that just, you know, needs to fall away. And, and that's okay because I'm, I'm, my, my life is on this trajectory yep. and I get to create, um, a womb for, for me. Right. So there's the right. womb that I have for this baby that's growing inside of me, but what about the womb that I'm creating outside of me and to have it be, um, sacred. I found I had very little tolerance for some of the same things, like not relationships that aren't ideal. Although, I mean, you know, that's not, uh, set in stone now you're perfect at eliminating all relationships that aren't positive because I think that's an ongoing balance balancing act especially with family members um but I I I know when I gave birth to my first daughter I lost a lot of respect for um situations that I had been in in my life previously or people in the way they treated you I think it really it completely changes who you are and where your focus is for sure yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, and keep in mind that, you know, that at the time that I chose to be a full-time mom, you know, I, I can't 
I mean, I had to seek out the the women who chose to be full-time parents at that juncture. Yeah. And, and then men, you know, men started becoming full-time parents because, oh, and then again, we were back in that criticism and it was so hard, you know, because right. I wasn't, I wasn't dis and dissing any of the women who chose, you know, two weeks and they were, you know, back, back to working outside of the home because trust me, being a parent is the most challenging work I have ever done in my whole life. And it's completely undervalued, but that's a whole other conversation. Amen to that though. Yes. (laughs) The point is, you know, to just, again, align with the truth of, of your expression. And, and I know there were those who were, would say, well, well, you were lucky, you were supported and, and all of that. Well, it, in a way it was a sacrifice, you know, like we weren't living high on the hog at that j- juncture. And, um, and yet I just, I just knew, I, I knew that healthy parenting, my healthy parenting, my kids was a soulful expression. And no matter what other people chose, I, I kept returning to being at so much peace because I, I, it was hard. It was really hard, but I know I, I did it for a and decade and, and I, I loved it. it. Right. right? And I mean, it was right. hard. It was messy. I messed up. I, I oh, yeah. regulate, I, I got, I got myself into serious body work at the time to, to resolve, you know, trauma and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. But, but my kids, I think, you know, kind of witnessed over that time, my, my own trans transformations as they do, as they continue, even, even now. And because of that fierce commitment to, to love them in, in really, really healthy ways and learn new ways. Um, I think it just has our adult relationships really flourish. I, I honor the very different kids that I have. You know, yeah. And that's so that true. You know, and they're multifaceted and they're complicated, just like I am, right? They're not just yeah. one thing. And and yet I was observing and I was watching and I noticed the differences between my daughter and son right away, you know, even in utero, right? Yeah. They were growing inside of me, right? And um, yep. it, it was just amazing. And then, of course, when they came out in the world and, and those different expressions that they had and the, the different passions, the things that would really light them up. Um, the things that frustrated them, the way they would express themselves. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was the coolest thing. So I was discovering myself in in many ways, right? Afresh and new as a, as an adult woman and, and discovering who these magical, amazing human beings were right in in front of my eyes. It it was a a most extraordinary um, journey. (laughs) I don't think we realize when we have kids that we're still writing our own story while we're helping them create theirs. And it's really a challenge to navigate all of that. And that like I did a much better job than my parents and I still screwed up tremendously and way more than I wanted to. And I hoped to, and that, you know, even in a really great situation, you're, you're still going to make mistakes and quote, screw up your kids. You know, there's no, there's definitely no one way to do it. And there are mistakes. So your second birth went well, breastfeeding was good. You had support. Your three-year-old daughter was involved. You breastfed them both longer term. I did. Yeah. I breastfed my daughter. Um, I think I was four months into the pregnancy with my son 
I considered intellectually considered tandem nursing and yeah. talked to with a mom who had done it. She was super honest with me. And after that conversation, and when my breasts got really tender, <laughs> when, when she was nursing, I was like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> I got a piece of, I, 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 I'm not choosing that path. Um, and so she, she was weaned and uh, she wasn't quite three, three years old when, when my son was, was born, um, but she was really just months away from, from turning three. So kind of like back that up. So she was probably about um, two, two and a half. And I didn't broadcast it because again, it was like, you know, yeah. you know, all the, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'd cover myself and run to dark places to like secretly breastfeed my kids. And, and, and it was funny because I felt again, like this empowered, you know, uh, home birth, right. With my son, I was just like, you know, whip it out. And, you know, you, I mean, I wore nursing gear, right. It, um, outfits, but I still was like, I'm, I was kind of unapologetic. I'm feeding my baby, you know? Um, and it, it, I just, I felt the confidence and, um, I mean, I, I, it was never my intention to walk around offending people, but oh my gosh, I'm feeding my child. <laughs> I was know? the same way. Just, I mean, I, I think like, I'm feeding my child, you know, what are you going to do? Be, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exposing my, my breast. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeding my child. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. I was the same way. And most people didn't know. I, I, you know, I, I breastfed my kids for more than two years, several of them. And I, so I'm with you on that. And I did tandem nurse uh, like three times. So oh, just like, wow. Right, I mean, like we all have to make our own decisions. There's no right or wrong. No, my goal was no. to do what I felt was best in raising my daughter and yeah. not be, um, cause there's so much controversy. And when kids get older, honestly, I mean, I had an older child nursing. It's not, it's not in our society's norm. And the last thing I want to do is create more bad imagery or bad, you know, uh, I don't know, exposure for breastfeeding. You want to do it positively. So my goal was always to, to do what I needed to do in a more conservative manner. I wasn't necessarily hiding in stalls, but I also was never advertising it. And most people just didn't even know that's what was happening. Right. And I, I think it's finding a balance in doing what's right for you and also not being confrontational about something because that's not okay. how you're going to gain awareness oh. and support. Right. Oh, I want to, I love your story. This has been great. It's gone all over yeah. the place. I, I want you I, to, <laughs> it's good. It's Isn't that what it's like? And yeah. your kids are adults now. And I'm glad you touched on that in your relationship. I want you to end. We have all of the places that people can find you in the show notes. I want you to end just explaining briefly what you do and how people can hire you. Oh, absolutely. So um, I am founder of Cherish Your World. So I passionately support people thriving in their physical space and in their lives. So I'm a certified feng shui consultant. So I really am, am about, you know, falling in love with your space and falling in love with your life. So, you know, guiding people to uh, that awareness that your, your house, your physical spaces that you're moving through, your, your office where you work are, um, impacting the quality of your life and how you can um, declutter and rearrange those spaces to really be supportive of, of who you are. How people can reach me is at cherishaworld.com 
um, and and or love your space, love your life dot com. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for being on, Laura. It was, I get so excited when I see people I know and I get to learn your story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. What an 